Hey, what's up, guys? It's Sam Shah here, Wall Street Mastermind. I'm back here today with another client interview for you guys. Um, today, I'm speaking with Luke, um, who just finished his uh, recruiting process, um, had a very, very successful outcome, um, which I'll let him share with you guys in a bit. But uh, definitely want to get him on here and talk about his experience, especially you know coming from a non-target school um, and getting to where he is today. I'm just super happy and excited for him. And uh, I know a lot of you could probably benefit as well from, you know, just hearing about how he was able to do that. So, Luke, I want to thank you for uh, taking the time to jump on here with us today. Yeah, thank you so much, Sam. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, to start off, maybe um, if you can just give our listeners um, a little bit of background about yourself, like, do help them understand kind of your profile a little bit. What type of candidate would you say you were um, going into recruiting? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm currently a sophomore at Santa Clara University studying finance. Um, if I think about when I started, you know, trying to recruit for banking was the fall of my sophomore year. And at that point, I had very little experience in finance or, or business in general. Um, you know, never really did much in high school with that or, you know, over the summer of my freshman year. Um, and so, you know, coming in, you know, sophomore year, I, I knew I had to get some experience within finance to really have a shot coming from Santa Clara. And so I got lucky and found some opportunities nearby school and was able to do like a, a research orientated internship, which, you know, wasn't really super applicable to banking, but also, you know, it was good exposure definitely something, you know, solid to have on my resume. Um, but, you know, besides that, in terms of like a GPA, um, you know, I was above a three, seven, but, you know, not close to a four Oh. And again, coming from a school like Santa Clara, you know, that put me behind, you know, some of my peers at that school that were also trying to recruit from banking. Yeah. And so I, you know, I definitely needed to find an edge, you know, within the process. And, um, you know, I guess, you know, the, you know, I think about, you know, the things that really, evolved for me throughout all this you know it was my behaviorals uh, my technicals like i remember around november i had an interview for a, a boutique firm for the summer after my sophomore year mm -hmm. and i remember they were asking me just like super basic technical questions <laughs> that you know i had no idea how to answer like i couldn't even explain what like enterprise value was and i was mm -hmm. just like i gotta do something here in order to you know give myself a chance yeah in hindsight Sitting where you are now, they feel super basic. But at the time, <laughs> they didn't seem basic, basically. Right, yeah. Um, got it. So, I mean, coming from a school like Santa Clara, you know, obviously out here on the West Coast, most of the schools that actually um, get recruited from are like Stanford and Berkeley and UCLA and maybe USC, right? Mm -hmm. um, are there a lot of students from your school that break into banking each year? And like, do you know roughly how many or the ballpark maybe? Yeah. So if I think about the class ahead of me, there's about two that <laughs> broke in. Um, <laughs> one's going to a bulge bracket. The other one's going to a, a mid market. Um, and then, you know, the class ahead of that one, I, there's about two again. So, Wow. You know, it's not the most popular path to take for my school, for sure. Right. And how big are your um, class sizes at Santa Clara, roughly? Yeah, so I have about 1,200 kids in my grade. Okay. So two out of 1,200 people each year 
get into investment banking. So definitely uh, the odds are, I would say, are pretty much stacked against you then going to a non-target school like that. Um, yeah. Just because the banks don't recruit from there, but also like you don't have a lot of people around you that are trying to do the same thing. And so there's, there's just not in that type of environment versus say a kid who's going to Haas at Berkeley or going to, I don't know, Wharton or, you know, one of these schools where everybody's trying to do banking and you can kind of bounce ideas off each other and see what everyone else is doing and things like that. You didn't have anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, outside of that, that small group of people, like I mentioned, it's, uh, you know, I'm not really taking classes at this point that are teaching me anything about banking. Um, you know, so it's, uh, yeah, definitely something you kind of have to do on your own. Got it. Got it. So, I mean, I think you started working with, with us back in like December. So it's been, you know, about five months. Um, we're in May right now, but prior to that, um, so that was December. So that was like halfway through your sophomore year. Right. So prior to that, what were some of the things that you had already done on your own? Like in terms of whether it's on the networking side or on the interview preparation side, like what were some of the things you were doing? Yeah. So, um, in terms of networking, I probably had spoken to, um, you know, a handful of people at that point. Like I was definitely reaching out to a lot of bankers, but again, I wasn't really getting a whole lot out of those conversations. Like it would be more casual, like maybe there are people I'd met before, like at school, like the older kids I mentioned. Um, you know, I wasn't really being referred on to other bankers or really expanding my network very efficiently. So by the time I actually started talking to you, Sam, I was like, I had exhausted what I thought my network was, which at that point, you know, I don't know exactly how many people, but it couldn't have been more than 30 bankers. And like looking back on that, it's just, you know, crazy to think that's, you know, the extent I thought I, I needed to go to. Um, in terms of my technicals, I was, you know, focusing on you know, the guides that everybody uses, trying to memorize, you know, words off a of PDF and wasn't really having the best time comprehending the material very well. Yeah. Um, you know, because it was so thick. It's hundreds of pages of just PDF. That's, you know, for me, it's, you know, easier to learn after like, you know, being taught it by somebody instead right. of just like memorizing a textbook, basically. Right. Got it. Okay. So you networked with about 30 people. You're hopping on the phone with them, cold calling, whether it's alumni or people from, I believe that so you had networked with people that were, um, from your hometown area, right? Mm -hmm. um, you're from the Midwest, right? Um, but you just, you weren't really getting referrals, like you said. Um, had you, did you, and did you get any, you know, interviews that were maybe like with small banks or just relevant internships that you were trying to get on your own? Like, did you have anything like that? Yeah, so I had one, or I had a couple for, um, the summer after my sophomore year that were held in the fall. And, uh, you know, those are kind of, I guess, found by just reaching out to people like the cold emailing thing, like they actually would post stuff on our, our schools, like handshake account, but, um, you know, you'd have to reach out to them to really have a shot. And, um, you know, again, I feel like from a, a technical perspective, I wasn't prepared. And then, you know, just thinking back on some of my behavioral responses too, were just, you know, so just not not solid at all just really 
not good. And, you know, totally understand why I didn't get those offers looking back. Got it. Okay. So bottom line though, is when you came to us, you had tried a lot of this stuff on your own already. Like you kind of knew at a high level, Hey, these are the things I need to do. I need to go out and talk to bankers, especially coming from a non-target school. I need to make sure, you know, I learned the technicals and read the guides and kind of doing all the things that are, um, I guess, conventional wisdom, right? And then wasn't really working out for you. Um, how did you come across Wall Street Mastermind and like what kind of piqued your interest? Yeah, so I think I found Wall Street Mastermind on LinkedIn. It was, uh, I think I came across your profile, um, you know, when I was looking for bankers <laughs> to email. And, uh, you know, I, I watched the introductory video and really just, you know, learned a little bit more about, you know, your strategy, your background in particular, you know, having the experiences that you had and, you know, became very interested in seeking out some, some expert advice. Because at this point, I knew it was something that I really wanted to do. And I was, you know, willing to do almost anything it took to put myself in a position to succeed here. And so, um, you know, that's where I, I saw a lot of value and wanted to kind of up my game and really um, give myself a, an extra edge. Got it. And at the time, like, what were you, what were you hoping for? Like in terms of the outcome, like, you know, based on where you were at the time, coming from the school you're coming from and how you were feeling about your networking and interview preparation efforts and things like that. Like what would have been, you know, like at the start of Wall Street Mastermind, if I asked you, um, what would be an outcome that you'd be happy with by the end of this program? Like, what would you have said? Yeah. So it's funny at that point, um, you know, where I'm from originally, there's a, a mid-market bank that's headquartered in my, in my hometown, which might be a bit of a giveaway, but, um, <laughs> you know, at that point, I know, point, I know I what you're talking about, but maybe some <laughs> people won't. <laughs> yeah. So, um, that was like my, <clears throat> my, my goal at that point was just be like, you know, I'll be really excited if I can have an opportunity to, you know, go back home and work for this mid-market bank with, you know, maybe some of my friends that go to the local college where I'm from. Um, but like, I guess deep down, I always, you know, knew I wanted more than that, but like just the expectations I had given my background and, you know, going to a non-target school, I was, you know, not trying to give myself too high of hopes. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, I think I did ask you kind of like the question that I just asked was just like, Hey, what, what type of bank are you aiming for? And I think at the time you said, bulge back at really boutique. But then you caveat it with, you know, just being completely honest coming from Santa Clara, like my chances of breaking into a Goldman or a JP Morgan or a Morning Stanley isn't super likely. I think you kind of hedged what you said at the time and was like, mm, well, I don't know about that, right? <laughs> I, think, right. I think it's definitely possible. But it's funny because... I think like I bring that up because I feel like so there's so many, this is something that a lot of the non-target school kids need to hear, which is as a non-target student, you guys are so conditioned to believe that because you go to a non-target school that you don't really have a shot at these top tier banks, right? Like you go on Wall Street Oasis or whatever, everybody will have you believe that 
oh, you go to a non-private school, yeah, you're screwed, man. Like, forget about it or whatever, right? Like, yeah. unless you go to Harvard or uh, Wharton or Columbia, you know, you can like basically never ever work at one of these elite banks, which I understand why people online tend to say stuff like that because that they're not, I don't think they're intentionally being malicious, but that is literally um, their perspective of the world, right? Like that's like everyone around them that they know that actually went to these banks are mostly from those schools, right? And so they're just telling you their version of the truth. Um, the funny thing is, and, and you know this now that you've been in the program, you see how many other non-target school kids are in this program. And then you see that they're actually going to a lot of these top banks as well. And so we have a different version of like worldview, right? Where we believe that non-target school kids can be just as competitive as a target school kids. Sure. You have to, you have to work a little bit harder. I'm not going to lie about that. Right. But you can absolutely get to an elite bank if you know what you're doing. And then also like a big part of it is, is that belief, right? Because if, if like the entire time you've been told by people that you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do this, you start to kind of believe it yourself and then it becomes self-fulfilling in a sense, right? But like if you're all of a sudden in an environment where all the other non-target school kids are getting these outcomes, then you start to think like, well, why not me, right? Because other people are doing it. And like having the right mindset and the right belief is like, have to battle right because otherwise you walk into that interview and you're already you're already defeated because you're 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 going in with a defeatist attitude of like well look at everyone else at this interview they're all from stanford and berkeley and whatever like they're more qualified than i am that's that's i see non-target school kids with that mindset all the time and it's like well, yeah no wonder why you're not getting the offer right what do you think about that yeah, so I think it's, uh, you know, definitely, like you said, definitely a common, you know, mindset that, you know, I mean, personally, I even had it, you know, kind of like I just mentioned at a certain point. But, um, you know, I guess talking more specifically about the program and the other kids in it, a big thing for me was, you know, just what you said, like seeing these other kids from these schools, I hadn't even really like been that exposed to maybe they're on the East Coast or ones I weren't necessarily aware of. And them being just super successful with this whole, you know, recruiting process and absolutely killing it. And it really opened my eyes to, you know, the fact that these kids can, in fact, get it done and get these job offers. And, you know, sure, there's a couple of kids from Santa Clara that were getting, you know, great offers at, you know, bulge brackets and really doing well. But, you know, in my eyes, those guys were almost like superhuman in a sense. Like you see these people like on campus and stuff and it's like, you know, that's like one in a million. But, yeah. you know, after joining the program, you kind of realize that, you know, there's certain things you can do to, you know, put yourself in that group of people as well. Yeah. You're now, you're now going to be that guy on campus that all the <laughs> underclassmen come and bother about, how did you get into investment banking, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so then, so, okay, so then you join Wall Street Mastermind, obviously. Um, what were some of the things that we worked on together and like, what did you find to be most beneficial for you personally? Or like, you know, cause people always ask like, 
okay, I mean, I know I need a network. I need, I know I need to learn the technicals. Yeah, sure. I know I like, I have some stories prepared for my behaviorals. Everything I need is already out there online. So what's the difference? Like, what are you guys actually doing? That's so different. So, yeah, I mean, so what, what, what did you find to be, or what changed in terms of the way you approach your preparation before and after? Mm -hmm. So I'd say it'd be a couple of things. Um, you know, first of all, having your expert, you know, advice basically in my pocket 24 seven, you know, being able to hop on and message you questions, even just like really little things that would pop up in like my day-to-day -day networking attempts. Like maybe the banker forgot the call or he got tied up in something and kind of approaching that situation. And in a way that would allow for the next call to actually happen and for him to be, you know, a little bit more open and be like, okay, wow, this kid really wants it because he, you know, said this, he understands kind of thing. Um, in addition to that, definitely the technical part. Like I said, that was something that I was spending just an absurd amount of time on and really just kind of spinning my wheels. And, you know, I'd like to think of myself as you know, like, a, I guess a smart kid. Like I feel like I can, now I can comprehend it, but um, just really having the, uh, you know, those videos and the, you know, again, your expertise to be able to answer any questions I have, the mock interviews that you had um, on those modules was super helpful seeing how to like properly answer the questions fully. Um, then definitely the behaviorals, making sure that my behavioral responses were bulletproof, concrete, um, you know, my story, all of that, making sure that I was able to defend everything I was saying and really be able to, um, you know, be in a position to be confident in my interviews. And I guess for like you and me more, like between what you and I did, like the mock interviews that we did leading up to my first round of my super day, was super helpful as well, really kind of exposing the areas I needed to work on and allowed me really to build out a really, you know, comprehensive, um, you know, preparation for these interviews. And, you know, every single time, like after I'd have my mock interview with you, Sam, like we would talk about something that I should improve. And then like the next day in my interview or whatever, a couple of days later, the exact same thing would show up and I'd be like, all right, perfect. Here we go. I'm super confident in this answer. I know this is like the best way I can answer it. So. Right. Those would definitely be the things that were absolute game changers for me. Yeah. Um, that's that's uh, actually a really interesting point. I'm curious, aside from the mock interviews you did with me, did you do mock interviews with anyone else? Like, did you do mock interviews with, you know, upperclassmen, like, you know, the small circle people you said, for example, at your school that have already gone through the process, for example? Like, did you mock interview with other people as well? Yeah, yeah, I did. And those were, you know, those were helpful too. But I guess in the experience I had, this upperclassman um, just had a limit to, he'd gone through one process. You know what I mean? Like he was, you know, very successfully got his, you know, an offer early on and he was, you know, done, but he didn't really go through, you know, 10 different interview processes or he hasn't been able to, I guess, comparing to where you're at from your experience, like be able to look at, you know, thousands of different candidates and really, determine what is better than the other like he was just kind of guiding me based on what worked for him but mm -hmm. you know obviously everybody's different and that's not necessarily the most effective way of doing it yeah so would you say like i'm sure your upperclassmen friends gave you some feedback as well right when you did the mocks mm -hmm. with them and then obviously i gave you feedback as well when we did the mocks is there any difference in terms of the feedback that you receive or the like whether it's I mean, just in any way, shape or form, because I'm trying to help people understand like a lot of the times 
people are like, well, yeah, I'll just, I can practice with my upperclassmen friend. What's the difference between that and what, what I would be doing with you guys, right? Is there a difference or is there not a difference? Yeah, so I'd say there's, um, at least for me, there's definitely a difference. Um, you know, I'm great friends with this upperclass, and so I, you know, I appreciate all the help he's been able to offer me, absolutely. But, you know, just given the fact that his experience was so much more limited than, you know, the resources you can offer. So even in terms of, like, the technical things, like he was guiding us through certain technical aspects of his interview process that, you know, at least in my personal experience with, uh, you know, the opportunities I had, like would not have been able to necessarily you know, allow me to succeed if I just knew those things. Mm. So that's where like having your comprehensive, um, you know, preparation really helped me. Um, and then I guess, you know, thinking about the behaviorals too, um, you know, his were obviously they're helpful. Like he was successful, but again, just building out really solid answers was something that I needed help with. Like yeah. absolute like bulletproof responses. Yeah. I think like, you know, one thing that I really take pride on is when we do mock interviews for our clients, we try to go really, really deep, right? Like our mm -hmm. goal is to always go as deep as possible. Yeah. Um, and so it's not just giving you some very high level superficial feedback like, oh, this needs to be a little bit more concise or, oh, this needs to be, you know, um, a little bit more detailed. like that's kind of directionally helpful maybe, but not super actionable, right? Versus right. I think like what we try to do is leverage our experience from having interviewed so many uh, students before already. And also like having done um, interviews back when I was in banking and also in private equity as the interviewer um, and knowing like, hey, based on your profile, if an interviewer is looking at your specific resume what are the questions that they're likely to ask you right so going back to your point yeah. earlier about stuff that we talk about the day before the interview is exactly what showed up in the interview <laughs> that comes from experience that's not that doesn't come from luck right and mm -hmm. i mean honest to be honest like most people if they had the ability to predict what was going to show up in the interview um they would probably do pretty well, right? Because then yeah. it becomes easy to prepare, right? Yeah. I think where most people struggle a lot with the interviews is they're so overwhelmed because there's an infinite number of topics or questions that could, they could possibly ask you. And when you don't really know and you're kind of trying to guess at it, now you feel like you don't know where to focus on and you're trying to prepare for everything all at the same time and there's only a limited amount of time right right absolutely and that's like i'm just thinking of a specific example in our experience like you know there's certain things on my resume <clears throat> that'd be like really specific to the experiences i had and you know my upperclassmen at school like you know like i said they're great but like they don't have like years of experience in banking so like if they ask me to explain like you know something i did in my internship it's you know the depth of their probing it wasn't necessarily at the same level as maybe what I got in my actual interviews, just because, you know, those are people that have been in the industry for numerous years, kind of like you. So that's, I remember specifically with one of my internships, you just absolutely grilled me on one part <clears throat> of my resume that like I thought I had down, but I just really was like, wow, I got to like build out a much deeper and comprehensive response to that. Yeah. 
And then so you went back and did that like that very same day, basically. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. And then it showed up the next day in my interview. Yeah. Just yeah. like that. Yeah, man. I mean, when it comes to like grilling you about experiences on your resume and stuff, the level of detail that a real investment banker is going to go to is much greater than what like another college student is going to ask you, right? Just because they don't really, the, the upperclassmen, they're maybe like half a step ahead of you, you know, and they don't really know that much more than you. So it's not, they can really challenge all the things that you're saying, right? Versus a banker who say something that doesn't really make sense. Um, they're going to catch you. Right. Right. And so you have to be a hundred percent prepared going to those interviews. Absolutely. Um, so sounds like on the interview side of things, um, you felt you saw a, a, a huge improvement um, in terms of networking and lining up the actual interviews. How did you do in that area? Like how, what was, was the stuff that we kind of showed you um, helpful or did it change anything for you? And like how successful were you in terms of getting interviews with the types of places that you were hoping to get interviews with? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it was absolutely game changing. Like I said, prior to you know, working with you, Sam, I thought I had exhausted my network at, um, you know, whatever it was, like 30 bankers. But, you know, honestly, I wish I had um, – I don't really know. I'd have to check my, my spreadsheet on exactly how many people I ended up getting in contact with, but it just grew exponentially after, you know, implementing some of the, the strategies that you're helping me with, like the referral thing was, I'm pretty sure every single conversation I had, I got a referral from it. And which just like, again, is multiplying my network simultaneously. Yeah. Um, and so when it was all said and done, if I think about the amount of interviews I had, I went through, I got an interview at every single bank that I had spoken to. And so I was in like multiple processes here when uh, it's all said and done, but it was, um, you know, I was definitely connecting with people well and it was definitely, you know, it was definitely helping me. Wow. You said you got interviews at every single bank that you had spoken with. Like as long as you had spoken to someone at that bank, you pretty much had an interview there. Right, yeah, because it'd be the type of thing where I will maybe they I'd cold email somebody there. I'd you know use whatever the the reach out that you were helping me with, and then again it'd just be a referral to somebody else, which would turn to a referral to somebody else in a matter of you know two weeks. I'd talk to three people in their office, and they're like, "All right, yeah, like you know you're you're pretty much good at this point, yeah, because you know, they're all you know I've, I have enough you know connections within the office." Yep, and these are these are like the bulge bracket and Lee boutique banks that you were basically gunning for right just confirm yeah mm -hmm. okay so this is what we always tell everyone which is hey if you can get referrals for these interviews which is the whole purpose of networking right but if you can right. if you have a consistent and predictable way of generating these referral opportunities then you can basically repeat the same playbook at every single bank that you're targeting <laughs> until you have the referral for the interview and then getting the interview that, that basically is no longer a challenge, right? Like that's mm -hmm. like if you, and, and if you have an interview at every single bank, literally just, you just have to decide which banks you want, right? If you have a, if you have an interview at every single one of those banks, then all you need is one offer, right? Like right. you have multiple at bats. All you need is one offer. And as long as your technicals and your behaviorals are on point, you're going to get that offer. 
right? Mm-hmm. It's like, honestly, when you break it down and think about it, it's so simple, right? It's, it's, uh, there's no, there's nothing, there's not like rocket science, right? Like, sure, all the stuff that we're teaching you guys, um, you probably would have never figured it out on your own, right? right? But it's like, once you figure it out and once we showed it to you, it's like, oh, like anybody can do it, right? It's not, yeah. right. it's not like you have to be some special unicorn rock star <laughs> student to, to be able to execute on the strategies that we're teaching, right? Yeah. Um, that's awesome. So obviously you pretty much been recruiting for the last five months straight. So mm-hmm. I'm sure you're um, happy to be done. So can we tell people um, where you ended up getting an offer from and what the outcome was of this whole journey, I guess? Yeah. So um, I guess about a, a week ago at this point, I got an offer from Evercore, which I was really excited about. It was, you know, my first choice coming into recruiting. Yeah. Um, so, you know, couldn't have been a better outcome for me. Yeah. And that's pretty amazing because I would say, first of all, it's one of the top elite boutiques out there, right? Like you look at all the league tables and Evercore is consistently up there with all the bulge bracket banks in terms of deal volume and deal size and things like that. But, um, but also just even beyond that, like because elite boutiques are smaller than bulge bracket firms in terms of headcount, typically I would say, and I think most people will agree, they're even harder to get into than the bulge bracket firms. I'm not saying elite boutiques are better or bulge brackets are better. I think that's like, Everybody has their own personal preference and there's no right or wrong there. But objectively speaking, in terms of selectivity and in terms of the degree of difficulty when it comes to the interviews, and I don't know if you felt this because you had other interviews too, but like elite boutiques definitely go harder uh, with, with their interviews and they ask you, you know, more granular technical questions and things like that, right? And so just being able to come from, you know, Santa Clara and ending up at one of the top elite boutiques, I, I will say like, that's, um, that's an amazing accomplishment. And so, I mean, I'm, I'm super proud of what you were able to accomplish and obviously, you know, super happy and excited for you. Um, and you know, I can't, I honestly, I can't wait to see like, you know, how you do there. And I know like you, you, um, and I guess like, sorry, like, I guess um, the last question I wanted to ask you is just, you know, if you have anyone or sorry, if you come across anyone or maybe people who are listening right now who are in a similar situation as you, right? Or maybe, you know, maybe they're going to a non-target school. Not a lot of kids from their school are going to banking, but they have, you know, high aspirations and this is something that they know they want to do. They just don't necessarily know how to get there and they're struggling a little bit. Like what is something that you wish you had known, you know, back when you first started going through this process, like maybe something, you know, now that you wish you knew back then, or you wish someone had told you a lot earlier, which would have made your life a lot easier. Is there anything like that? Do you have like just one piece of advice that you want to give people? Um, Yeah. I'd say the biggest thing for me would be, you know, just be crazy efficient with your time. Like 
you got to keep going after it every single day, day in and day out to really give yourself a chance. Um, you know, the last thing you want to be doing is scrambling like the week before your interview to make sure you're covering all your bases. Like you'd rather be ready two months before it starts than two days before it starts. Yeah. So yeah, I just say the time, the time factor and just being crazy efficient and, you know, using your time the best you can to prepare for this would be my biggest advice. Yeah. So basically having a sense of urgency and mm -hmm. starting as early as possible. Um, but also once you start, like basically being ruthlessly efficient about where you're allocating the 24 hours you have in the day towards, right? Cause you have school and you have internships and extracurriculars and networking and interview prep and, all this stuff that's on your plate and you just kind of have to juggle all of that simultaneously. And that's probably honestly one of the biggest challenges when it comes to recruiting, right? It's not that any one thing in and of itself is really, really hard, but it's the sum total or the totality of everything you have to do uh, simultaneously that makes it so that most people aren't able to check all these boxes simultaneously. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Got it. Okay. That's great advice, man. So, you know, for those of you that are listening, hopefully you guys take that to heart. Um, and, you know, again, like I said earlier already, I think, you know, if you're in a similar situation as Luke and maybe you go to a non-target school or you're feeling like you don't really, you have big goals, but you don't really know how to get there right now or you think things are looking bleak or you've had a lot of doubters online or in real life tell you, hey, like, forget about it. You should have more modest goals or whatever. Um, I was, I would encourage you guys to reach out to us, you know, um, not saying that, Hey, every single person from a non-target school is going to be able to end up at a both back or elite boutique bank. I'm definitely not saying that. Right. But what I am saying is for the right person, you know, if you have the right qualities, like you have the work ethic, you know, you have the, um, coachability where you're open to constructive feedback um, and you have the you know commitment and dedication that just perseverance to really even go through this process and take all the rejections along the way um, there's no reason why you know you shouldn't be able to accomplish what you want to accomplish right and like we're here to help you with that you know so uh, if that's something that you feel like you're looking for, um, just like Luke was looking for back, back, you know, whatever, five, six months ago, uh, I want to encourage you guys to schedule a call with our team. Um, usually what we do is we'll do a free strategy session with you um, first, completely free, no obligation whatsoever, just, so, just for us to learn more about your situation and where you're at in the recruiting process, what it is that, you know, you feel like you're struggling with and what you need help with. Um, and then based on that, you know, if we feel like we're a good fit to help you, which is not always the case, but if we feel like we're a good fit to help you, we'll come up with a tailored game plan for you. Right? And if not, um, then we'll tell you that. And But we'll still give you advice on what we think you should do instead um, that's going to help you get the best outcome possible. So um, if you want to do that, you know, you can schedule this call by going to www.wallstreetmastermind.com slash apply. Uh, the street is abbreviated to ST. So it's wallstmastermind.com slash apply. And, you know, we look forward to speaking with you and hopefully helping you get this uh, 
you know, not the same, but similar outcome <laughs> that, that, we, that we helped Luke with. So, um, Luke, again, I just want to thank you um, so much for taking the time to jump on here today and share your experiences with everyone. Uh, I'm sure there are a lot of non-target school students out there that are going to find this um, to be hugely beneficial and inspirational, to be honest, um, just to, like, show them what is possible, right? Um, and, you know, I like I said earlier, look forward to seeing what you accomplish both next summer uh, as a summer analyst uh, as well as beyond that. Yeah, I mean, this is really just the beginning um, and there's so much more success ahead of you and I can't wait to see what, you, what, what you're uh, about to do. Well, thank you so much, Sam. Appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, obviously, just like I tell all the other alumni in the program, like definitely don't be a stranger and stay in touch and uh, let me know if I can ever help you with anything. Sounds good. All right. Awesome. Guys, that'll be it today. It's a wrap. And uh, we'll be back again with uh, more of these um, in the very near future. All right. Thank you, guys.